Okay, uh, Jeremiah chapter number 42 and verse number 5. We're going to take a look at a couple of verses here. Jeremiah chapter 42, verse number 5 and 6 are the verses that we're going to be dealing with. And then we're going to come back and pick it up and, and uh, read the context into the uh, text here from the very beginning. But just two verses right now, verse number 5. Jeremiah chapter 42 and verse number 5. Then said they to Jeremiah, The Lord be a true and faithful witness between us, if we do not even according to all things for which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. They're committing to do what God says. They're asking Jeremiah, find what God says. We want God's will. We want to know. They're asking to find out what God says. And then they're saying, uh, we're going to do this. We're going we're to hold to it if we do not even according to all things for which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. They're saying, we'll do it. And in verse number six, they go on and they clarify and they strengthen that commitment say, saying, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you help us to see the tremendous commitment that these people made to follow your word, to, to uh, obey, to heed, to apply your word. They said no matter if we like it or we don't like it, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to obey. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to um, understand that there's a preparation before we open the Bible, before we hear the word of God, before we're exposed to the word, uh, there's got to be a preparation of our heart of uh, commitment, a commitment to receive what you have for us. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand some things through this text and through the story here and where we live today. Lord, I pray that you just bless as we look to your word, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This was an excellent commitment of the Israelites to Jeremiah and the word that he would get from God for them. Um, to put a little background in this, uh, the children of Israel were going through chastisement. They were being um, corrected by God, and, and they were the most of them were going to be taken to um, other lands in, the, in Babylon to be... Uh, under rule of oppressors that came and they, they overcame them. They, they uh, uh, conquered them and they brought them out into captivity. And there were a few that were left in the land of Judah or the, the land of Israel there, and there were a few that were left. And uh, they're really worried about the enemies because they didn't have the, the military, they didn't, they didn't have protection. They were there all by themselves. They could be taken advantage of by anybody that came along, and so they're afraid that the Babylonians would come, that other uh, nations would come and uh, to kill them, to take them into captivity, and they didn't want to stay there. And God says, no, uh, my will for you guys that are here is just stay right there in the land. Don't go anywhere. I will be with you. I'll protect you, and I'll do that. Well, they were asking Jeremiah, tell us what God has. Tell us what his will is for us. Because no matter what he says, like they said, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God. They're going to obey. And so it was a great commitment. It was wonderful. What did God 
that all of us would be right there when we open the word of God saying, Lord, I need direction. I need you to give me some direction in your life. Whatever you say, God, whatever you say, I'll do it. If it's your will and I see that it's your will and you make it clear to me, I'm going to follow through and I'm going to I'm going to hold to that. I will do God. Tell me whatever you want for my life. I will do what you want me to do. What a great commitment. No matter what God tells us, hard or easy, desirable or not, according to my desires or according to his will, I'm going to obey it. Wow, what a great commitment. What a fantastic commitment. And that's a commitment that we should have. We come to this place in church to hear what God has for us. I mean, I come and I want to know what God's will is for my life. And so that's what we do, isn't it, uh, uh, believers? We come to find out what does God have for me. I mean, it's all true. It's all God's word. But, you know, when we come to church, uh, we ask God to speak to us. I don't know about you, but I come through these doors and I ask God to actively interact with me, deal with me, teach me what I need to know, guide me with your word. And so we do. We come to this place to hear from God. We, we all have the Bible, but this is the place where the scriptures are made plain as far as application to our specific situation. I live right here. I'm facing these things, and God will take and use. I'm, uh, very many times do I have somebody that will come to church, and then they'll ask me, Preacher, how did you know? How did I know what? How did you know what I was going through? I don't, <laughs> but God does, and he takes his word, and he applies it specifically, and it's amazing how it is that God takes the word of God and applies it to the question that I have, the problem that I'm facing, the challenge, the, the, the trial that I'm in, and God will take the word of God and, and, and give a specific answer, specific direction through his word. I want to hear what God has for me today. By the way, we're preparing for the revival that's coming in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Michael Jones will be with us. Great speaker. We've had him before. Looking forward to that again. I, I want to come to a church where God will speak to me like and in the revival services. And we're begging God to speak to us about his will. And we, we uh, uh, leave a blank check before the Lord. We say, Lord, you fill it out. Tell us. We want to know. I want to come to a church where God speaks in no uncertain terms to me. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Bible scholars, who was that? Who, who said that in the, in the word of God? Samuel, Samuel right. So when he was just a child. And the Lord wanted to tell um, um, Eli uh, the, the will of God. And, and Eli was not listening. He wasn't a place where he was. And so he's going to speak through this little child. child and he kept on uh, uh, calling for him, Samuel, and so the response that he had, what a great response. We teach that to our little ones in the, in the you know, beginner services, and that is a great spirit to have. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I'm listening. I'm, I'm waiting for instruction. I'm, I'm wanting to obey. Speak, Lord, for thy servant, and that's the way that it should be for us before the Lord that we're listening. Now, folks, it's all the word of God, but we wanted to have it identified and clarified so that we can apply it personally. I want to be able to take the word of God and the instruction, the, uh, the uh, 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 scriptures, take it with me when I leave this place 
and apply it to my family, my business, my uh, friends, my neighbors, my, my schooling, whatever it is that I'm facing. Um, and I want to know how it applies. That was the job of the Old Testament priest, to contrast right and wrong in their lives. I mean, it's all written there in the scripture. God gave them the scripture. But in Leviticus chapter 10, verse number 10, this is what God said to the priest. He says, this is your job, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. So they were to, the priests were, were to take the word of God and to say, so that means this is good and this is bad. This here is holy, this is unholy. This is clean, this is unclean, okay? So make it clear to everybody what that means and apply it to where I live. It's not only the reading of the word of God, it was the application of the word as to identifying where and how it applies. Case in point, that passage in Leviticus is connected with the priest's prohibition of partaking of alcohol. Let's put it in context. We'll go back to verse number 9. Leviticus chapter 10, verse number 9. He says to the priest, Do not drink wine, nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. Goodness, God was serious about that. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, verse 10, and that ye may put a difference between the holy and unholy, clean and unclean. So he's, he says, he was telling the, the, the uh, uh, priest here, hey, you're to be sober because you've got a job. You've got to be able to discern between, you've got to be sharp to uh, give this to the people. Now this evening, we uh, are going to be concluding the series that we were, have been teaching on alcohol and drugs. And we're giving the application of how to apply the teaching of the Bible to our lives. What does this mean? Not just saying this is the word of God, but what does this mean? Is it okay to have a glass of wine? Is it okay to have a beer once in a while, a, a joint? Uh, would it be okay to partake of alcohol on the rare special occasion of a, some kind of a, a celebration, a, a, a Christmas or New Year's party? See, see, what we're doing is we're clarifying the scripture and the application of what the Bible says as far as our practice. And so that's what our job is to do at church. And that's what our job is to do as believers when we read the word of God. How does this apply to me? Anyway, a good church will be a place where we can understand the application of the word of God. What does the Bible mean? Here it is. And what does that mean to me? What, uh, what does obedience to the Bible look like in my life? Okay, now that's, that's where we are. Church is a place... <coughs> to, to hear the word of God. It's, and it's when we hear a disclosure of the word that the spirit of God then uses that word, that instruction to lead us, to guide us, to direct the child of God. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Every child of God is led by the spirit of God. Well, what does he use? He uses the word of God for direction. But he, he leads us, he speaks to us individually and personally. I don't know how many times I've read a passage of scripture and, and yeah, I get it, or so I thought. And then I'm in a situation where here, here's this thing and I'm, I'm having my devotion. I'm asking God to give me direction. And he's taken the same scripture and spoken to me about my situation, about this challenge that I have in my life. And he makes that, he just kind of emphasizes it there. He kind of highlights it. He speaks to me through the word of God. Folks, every child of God is led 
according to the word there, is led by the Spirit of God. But the believer must have an attitude in approaching the word. We're talking about before we open the book. Okay, I'm going to go to God's word and I want his instruction. Before I open the book, before I read the first word, before I get into it, <coughs> I've got to come to it with a certain attitude that is so vitally important. And that is the verse that we read to begin with, our text in Jeremiah. Lord, whatever it is, whatever you tell me, I don't care what it is, if I like it or don't like it, whether it be good, whether it be evil, I'm going to go ahead and I will obey. Some people, they say, God, what is your will for my life so that I can decide whether or not I want to do it? No, I'm serious. That's it's exactly the way people look at the words uh, sometimes is that, okay, what does the Bible say about my commitment or about my pride or about lust or about this or about that, whatever it is in, in, in my life? Uh, what does the Bible say about that? Because I want to see what God says to see whether or not I want to do that. That's, that's not how we look at the, the Word of God. That's not how we come to the Bible. It's, it's so very important in approaching the Word of God we must have the disposition to recognize what it is. It's God's word. Now, if it's your preacher that's defining these things or, or telling you what, what to do, well, that's a person. And you can kind of reason and say, well, that's good, or maybe that's not good. I'm going to take what I got, and I, uh, that's a good point, whatever. But if it's God's word, and if it's clear, and he lays it out, there's a difference there, folks. That's what God, thus saith the Lord. And if we understand when we come to it that it's not the word of men, but it is as in truth the word of God, as Paul said to the Thessalonians, which uh, uh, worketh in them, them that believe. We've got to recognize it. We've got to heed it. And we've got to obey it. The attitude that we read in our text from the Jews of Jeremiah's day, they, they're, they're saying, God, tell us. Make it clear to us, and no matter what it is, we'll do it. This commitment is important to have. It's necessary, especially when some of God's instructions are difficult. They're contrary. And folks, I'll tell you, it's most every time unexpected. When you go to ask God for a solution, ask God for direction, he's probably going to tell you something that you didn't think that he was going to go there. But he does, or he tells you what to do, and, and it's unexpected. Do you have that kind of a spirit? Do you have the kind of a spirit that when you open the Bible, when you come to church, when, it's, when you're presented with the Word of God, before you even read it, before you even hear it, it's, God, tell me whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm in. Do you have that kind of a determination? Do you have that kind of a preparation for every or any service when you come to God's house. Folks, if you come to God's house with a, with a spirit of, of uh, belligerence, all right, what is he going to say today, you know? What, you know, what, what is he going to try to put upon up? Hey, well, you know, that's, that's a hindrance. You're not going to get what God wants for you. But if you have the attitude of, if it's God's word, and if it's, if it's there, sure enough, he's not pulling out of the context, he's not making it say what it doesn't say, that's God's word, I'm going to do it. I will, you know, you have that, it'll, it'll, it'll help you, it'll bless you at church uh, in preparation for the upcoming revival. We've got to, 
We've got to have that spirit. The spirit that says, God, there's a special time where we're clearing off a spot for you to speak to me. I'm looking forward to it, folks. I'm look, I need that. Okay, let me just go ahead and confess. I need that. I need that. And I'm asking God to do that for, for me. But you know, in every, in every service, uh, by the way, use these cards. These are about the open house you know, service and the revival. Use these cards that are out in the, in the vestibule. We've only got a couple of weeks left. Looking forward. I am looking forward to that revival services where God will speak to, speak to us. And I want that spirit, the spirit that we read about. <clears throat> but let's go back to our text passage in Jeremiah chapter 42. <coughs> and let's learn some very interesting things from these folks who committed. You read it. You read their words. They committed to obey whatever it was that God said to them. So take a look at the, the, the uh, chapter, uh, chapter 42 of Jeremiah from verse number 1. Then all the captains of the forces in Johanan, the son of Karira, and Jezaniah, the son of Hoshaiah, and all the people from the least even unto the greatest came near and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let me beseech thee, our supplication be accepted before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this remnant, for we are left but few of many. You remember that others were taken to captivity and there's just a few left in the land. As thine eyes do behold us, this is how the situation is, verse 3. That the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk. That's good, isn't it? They want to know what God says, where to go, where not to go, how to walk. That the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may do. Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall come to pass that whatsoever the thing... The Lord shall answer you, <coughs> I will declare it unto you. I will keep nothing back from you. Boy, that's good. That's a great prophet right there. Uh, just a little rabbit trail. You know, that's what you do. You come to this church, you get rabbit trails. But here's a good rabbit trail to stop and say, that, that's a great preacher. Sounds like the New Testament preacher, the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 20, verse number 20. He said here, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house. Paul was preaching to those there in, uh, in uh, Asia, and he was saying, this is what I've done. I've, I've given it to you straight. I've did, I didn't hold anything back. Look down to verse 27. He says, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Great. That is great. To go to a church... <laughs> To hear everything. <coughs> I was, uh, uh, last month when I was uh, in Chicago and then Springfield, Missouri, I was able to be in, in some different churches and, and some great churches. And then uh, there was this one church that was kind of like, just I wanted to see that kind of the other side of the fence. You know what? A great sermon. It, there was nothing wrong in what was said. You know what was wrong? Was left, what was left out. It wasn't what was said. I mean, they were taking the word of God, and, and but it was just selective. Making sure you don't go into that area because that's offensive. You don't want to do that, so let's just stay within. And so, you know what? That's not what Paul did. He preached the whole counsel of God. That's what he says. Verse 27, I have not <coughs> shunned 
<coughs> Excuse me. I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Didn't hold anything back because it was profitable unto them. He, he wasn't holding back. It wasn't not dealing with some things because, well, some people in today's society, man, that's just really a negative, and so let's just, let's just not say some things, and let's just emphasize the... No, no. He says, hey, gave it all to you. I, I mean, laid it all out, the whole counsel of God. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. This is what Jesus told us, our job, what we were supposed to do, teaching them to observe all things. All things whatsoever I've commanded you. You know what? There's things here that talk about love and, you know, harmony and the brethren. That's wonderful. There's things here that talk about, you know, the blessings of God, his presence. Wonderful. But you know what? There's also some things here to talk about a place called hell. A place that is a real place, just as real as heaven is, as real as this auditorium. There's a place called hell where people go to and they, if you find yourself uh, uh, condemned to that place called hell. It is forever, forever, and ever, and ever. You'll never get out of there. There's no mercy. There's no second chance. You'll be in a place of torment. Goodness, that's, a, that's an awful place that some people would ra rather not hear about. Or rather not, hey, but you know what? It's part of the all things. Did you know that Jesus taught about hell twice as much as he taught about heaven? Sometimes we say, well, you know, Jesus, he's, you know... Uh, uh, he taught love, and he taught all, all how to get along and how to love. Yeah, but you know what? He also warned people about this real place called hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, weeping and wailing and gnashing. It's, it's part of the, what he said. And you know what he, his command was? I want you to go and teach all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Everything. Everything. Not to hold anything back. Second uh, Timothy 3.16, the Bible says all Scripture... Every bit of it, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction. It's all, it's all, listen, if it's God's word, if it's within this book, if it's within what God said, what God gave to us, it's all profitable and it all should be taught. Anyway, getting back to our text here in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 42. We ended up with verse number, what is that, verse number four. <clears throat> he says, I will declare unto you, I will keep nothing back from you. And then verse number five, he goes on to say, Then they said to Jeremiah, <clears throat> The Lord be true and faithful witness between us, if we do not, even according to all things, for which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. They're saying, hey, listen, we're committing to do everything. Whatever it is, give it to us. Jeremiah, give it to us. We'll do all things. That's what they're saying. Whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God, to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Now that's a great stance, folks. They're surely talking a good game. I mean, that is wonderful. But you know what? That's not the entire scripture. That's not the entire chapter. Let's go on. And we find out something that is, is, is troubling here in this chapter, verse number 19. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 19. Let's go on in the story here. The Lord hath said concerning you, O ye remnant of Judah, go ye not into Egypt. This is, what, this is what Jeremiah got. They're saying, give it to us straight. He goes to the Lord, he gets the, the word from God, and he's given it to them. This is what God gave to them. He says, this is what God's saying. O ye remnant of Judah, go ye not into Egypt. 
Know certainly that I have admonished you this. Let me, let me cue you in. They wanted to go to Egypt. You see, this is what they wanted to do in the first place. Now, they didn't tell that to Jeremiah. <laughs> you know what they told Jeremiah? Whatever it is, we want God's will. But you know what? Before that happened, and you could read the, t- the context, you read the whole story, they really wanted to go to Egypt because they're all alone in the land of Judah here, and they're, they're, they're going to get picked on by other nations. They're really afraid that they're really going to get... So what, what do we do? Let's go to Egypt. Let's just kind of uh, uh, fade into the woodwork there in Egypt. And so, we, you know, we'll go ahead and be safe there. You know, we won't be noted like this nation that has no, no uh, um, uh, protection no army, no, no defense. And if we, if we go into Egypt, <clears throat> we'll just be tourists there. We'll be in a, in a different land. And that, hey, that would be safe. That's what they wanted to do. And God knew that. And God was dealing with that. And that's what he said. He says, um, <clears throat> Go ye not into Egypt. Know certainly that I have admonished you this day. And God says, and, and pay attention. Don't say that I didn't say this. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. Don't go to Egypt. It's very clear. What did God ever nail it? And then he says, verse 20, For ye dissembled in your hearts when ye sent me unto the Lord your God. Uh, Jeremiah is saying, you dissembled. Do you know what that word dissembled means? <clears throat> it means to vacillate. To, to not, go, uh, not be solid. To go back and forth. You know, it's, 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 you're not sure about it. They dissembled. And he says this, For ye dissembled in your hearts when ye sent me unto the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us unto the Lord our God, and according to all that the Lord our God shall say, so declare unto us, and we will do it. That's what they told him. But Jeremiah was saying, But you weren't solid on that. You were dissembling. You're, you're dissembled. And now I pray, uh, and he goes, And now I have this day declared it to you. But ye have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God, nor anything for the which he had sent me unto you. He says, you got a bad track record. Because <laughs> your track record is, you're not obeying what God wants and says and makes clear. He's, he's laid it out in, in the past, and you do, you do nothing that God says. But they talked a good game. Now, wait a minute, Jeremiah. You know that they're not going to follow? I mean, you're just giving them God's word. And so they're saying... Ask God what we should do. And God says, don't go to Egypt. And then he, he stops right there and he says, but you know what? You guys are, you're probably not going to do that. Because you've not obeyed God's word at all. You've not obeyed his will. Come on, Jeremiah, give him a chance. But, you know, he, he called a spade a spade and, you know, he pegged it. <clears throat> now, before we cut off, you know, others at the outset, you know, we can... Uh, we may do the same. It's not, like, it's not like that, folks. I don't know what's in a person's heart. God knows what's in a person's heart. I don't know that a person's going to do right or wrong. I don't know. You know what? When somebody comes to me and they come to my office, and this is a, this is a common occurrence. Pastor, I want to know God's will, so would you pray with us about blank, you know? Get into this business adventure or changing churches or moving out of state or doing whatever. Would you pray with us that we find God's will for whatever it is? 
And uh, I would love to, folks, I would love to say this is God's will. I know what God's will is for your life, for your heart. I know what it is. Listen, pay attention, get a pencil. This is it. And, and give it to him. I don't. It may be God's will to leave this church. It may be God's will to, you know, do this or that or whatever. I don't know. See, the difference between Jeremiah and here, because Jeremiah uh, was, was directed directly by God. God knows their hearts and kind of, you know, let Jeremiah know what was going on. We don't. You know, you, you can't, you can't be, be certain on that because you don't know God's mind. Well, the only thing we, we do know is what God's word says. Now, if it's contrary to this, I know it's not God's will. But, you know, as far as what God wants you to do, which uh, endeavor he wants you to, to back or whatever, you know, we don't know that. We don't know what, what are in people's hearts. But, but we don't know that, but God does. <clears throat> so <clears throat> when, when Jeremiah dealt with these people and they came with him, what a great game. They said, Whatever it is, tell us, give us the whole nine yards. We will do it, everything, whether it be good, whether it be evil. But Jeremiah says, no, no, you dissembled in your hearts. You're going back and forth. You're fickle. You're not solid. You've not decided. You've not determined. You know what? It's very clear to see the people of Wooden Valley Baptist Church that have decided, I have decided that I will follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. You know what? That's, you could see that a mile away. Those are people that are not fickle. I mean, no matter what it is and no matter what God requires, I'm going to do that. And you know what? It's obvious in their life. But then there's others. It doesn't matter what they say. You know, everybody says they love Jesus. Everybody says they follow the Lord. But it's, it's obvious in their life what's going on, that they're not solid. They are fickle. They are back and forth. They're, 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 uh, they're not solid. They vacillate. Even though that they said, these people in Jeremiah, they said they were solid, God said that they didn't make up their mind to go through with it. We have plenty of Bible examples of people like that. Orpah, for one. You remember in the book of Ruth. And Ruth chapter number 1, verse number 10 uh, it says when, when uh, Naomi was, was leaving Moab and going back to the, children, uh, to the um, land of Israel, and uh, here her, her two daughters-in-laws that both lost their husbands, uh, Naomi's sons, and they didn't know what to do. They were going to just latch on to Naomi and go back with her. Naomi says, no, 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 this is going back. And I don't know, nothing's promised. I don't have anything for you. I don't have any more sons. And so I can't, you know, give that to you. And so I, I don't know what's ahead. And you know, listen, don't come with me. Just stay here. Go back to your, your home, your gods, everything else. I'm going back to, to honor the Lord and worship the, the, the one and true God. And this is what happened in Ruth chapter 1, verse number 10. And they said unto her, they is Orpah and Ruth, both of the daughters-in-laws. Now, who said this? Who said this? Was it Ruth? Yeah, but it was Orpah too. It says they, they both did. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. See, folks, they both committed. But they, don't, they, they both didn't think it through. Uh, it, it took Naomi to kind of explain some things here. Now, don't you, listen, before you say you're coming back with me, listen, this is what it may cost you. This is... It's it's going to be it's it's not a bed of roses. I can't promise you anything. And so she she so they they both didn't think it through, but they both had a commitment. They both said, "Hey, we will return with thee." But verse number fourteen, 
when Naomi laid that out. It says, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah, one of them, she kissed her mother-in-law, said, bye-bye, I'm going back home. But Ruth clave unto her. See, they both said, we're going to go back with you. But they both didn't, did they? One of them, solid, one of them did not. Hey, Richard, how you doing? I didn't know you was here. Good to see you. I didn't interrupt a message like that. That's terrible. And throw me off, off the track here. It's good to see Richard Kim here from California, serving in the Lord. Wow, I didn't know you was here. Well, anyway, all right, let's get back. Where am I? Thanks, Rich. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so, so they both said, we will go back. But then it says, Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave on her. Orpah says, okay, bye-bye. Later, she kisses and says, okay, I'm not, I'm not uh, going through with what I said I was going through. But this is, look at, what, look at what Ruth's commitment was like. Verse 15. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law, Naomi's telling Ruth, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, uh, unto her gods, little g. Uh, return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. And where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if, aught, if anything but death part thee and me. What a commitment! And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she left speaking on her. Naomi says, okay, come on, <laughs> you're, you're not going anywhere. That is, that is a commitment. They both said, this is what we're going to do. One fizzles and the other says, no, no, I meant what I said. No matter where you go, I'm going and I'm going to die wherever you die. By the way, we use this in, in our uh, marriage vows. What a great commitment for two people to, to join together and, and make that kind of a commitment. Folks, in marriage counseling, I have, I have counseled those to be married here in the past. Some stuck and some didn't, <laughs> you know, and I tell every one of them, now listen, if you guys don't stay together, I'm coming back and I'm going to haunt you. <laughs> this is serious. This is forever. Uh, I've had uh, some marriages that have lasted less than a year. No kidding, less than a year, and they're, they're done. What happened? Well, everybody says, oh, yeah, that's true. I'm, this is mine. That's, uh, mine decided. Right. It's words, folks, just words. Orpah says, I'm going to go with you. I'm not leaving you. And, well, what happened here? She went back home. Now, Ruth, on the other hand, she said the same words that Orpah did, but she did. She meant it. <clears throat> and God was right about the Jews in the text. And Jeremiah says, now listen, you guys haven't done this in the past. You're, you're probably not going to do this. Well, look at They went back on their commitment. Jeremiah chapter 43, verse number 1. And it came to pass that when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking... Unto all the people, all the words of the Lord their God. Remember, they asked, give us God's word. Give it straight. We want it all. All nine yards. We're going to do it. No matter what, good or bad, we're going to do it. That's what they asked for when, when he came back and gave them all of it, the whole nine yards, for which the Lord their God had sent him to them, even all these words. 
Then spake Azariah, the son of Hoshea, and Johanan, the son of Keriah, and all the proud men. Those are the same guys, by the way. You read it. It's the same guys. Same guys that came with a great commitment to begin with. They came, and now it calls them proud men. These came, and all the proud men, saying unto Jeremiah, Thou speakest falsely. You're not giving us what God said. Well, no, no, he gave exactly what God said. But I mean, now they're, they're criticizing what God said. Folks, that's common, you know. When, when people don't want to do, they start criticizing, and they start, you know, uh, saying, oh, that's not true, and that's not right, or there's something wrong. There's something in there. there there's, no, no, God's clear, by the way, folks. When God speaks, it's very clear. We can understand that. But then they say, Thou speakest falsely. The Lord our God hath not sent thee to say, Go not into Egypt to sojourn there. But Baruch the son of Neriah setteth thee on against us for to deliver us to the hand of the Chaldeans that they might put us to death and carry us away captives into Babylon. So Johanan the son of Korea and all the captains of the forces and all the people obeyed not. Folks, listen, that's the outcome. That's the final. They obeyed not the voice of the Lord to dwell in the land of Judah. Obeyed not, folks. Obeyed not. Now, what did they say? We will obey everything, good or bad. But then it, when it came down to it, they did not do what they said they were going to do. It's not what you say, folks. It's what your life shows that you've chosen to do and that you actually uh, follow through with. And then you look at the outcome, Jeremiah chapter 44. Look at verse 16. <clears throat> As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. That's what they're saying. Well, you remember when they said, we'll do it, we'll do it, good or bad, we'll get Now they're saying, we're not going to do it. We're not going to hearken. We will not hearken unto thee. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth of our own mouth to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings under her. And they're you know, talking about idolatry. Whatever we want, that's what we're going to do. Whatever comes out of our own mouth, our own heart, we're going to do what, what I say. Not what God says, what, what we say. And then you, you read the rest of that. You don't have to read it. Uh, but verse 22, God is bringing, uh, proclaiming, proclaiming judgment. Verse 23, because you have burned incense and because you have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, nor walked in his law, nor in his statutes, nor in his testimonies, therefore this evil has happened unto you as at this day. And man, God blasted him. I mean, blasted him. So what do we learn from <clears throat> this story and these people and their their full commitment that they had when they said give us god's word we want to know we want it every no matter what it is good or bad we learned that we need to be careful in making commitments to the lord and his word when we make a commitment to the to the word of god you know when we open the bible and say god whatever it is tell me and we we make a commitment we, we better be careful to, number one, count the cost. What does that mean? What is it going to cost me? What is it going to cost me? You know, the, 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 the uh, young people that are goo-goo-eyed and looking at each other in my office as, as they're getting married, you know, and, uh, and, you know, he's got three eyes, but she doesn't see that third eye, you know. Oh, he's wonderful. And, and she's a, a, a work, and, and he doesn't see that. He doesn't see that. They love each other. And, and I'm trying to tell them, now, wait a minute. Now, listen, 
this is a commitment that means no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. What happens if he's in some kind of a accident and he's a paraplegic as a young man but lives to be 85? What are you going to do? Is, is, does that commitment mean anything? Is it a real commitment? You better count the cost. That's why it's for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. And sometimes when I'm given those vows, I'll say, or really poorer. <laughs> hey, whatever it is, you got to count the cost. Folks, when we're making a commitment to the Lord, when we come to his word and open up his word, number one, count the cost. Jesus put it this way in Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Ha, 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 what, a, what an example of a foolish person. And then Jesus, he's not talking about building towers here. He's talking about following him. Verse 33, he says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. Oh, you want salvation? You want to be saved? You want to walk with him? What does it cost? Everything. No, pastor, I don't know that you read that. No, I read it right. Read it again. What does it cost? Everything, all that you have, everything. It means it's worth more than anything else. you got to be willing to lay that down to receive Christ. Did you know that if, if there's anything else that is more worthy, more valuable, more ev evaluated in your eyes, your mind, your heart, you can't have Jesus? I don't care if it's uh, a loved one. I don't care if it's aspiration. I don't care if it's pride of life, whatever it is. If there's anything that, that you want more than, than making Jesus Lord and master of your life, and by the way, it's Lord, not lordship salvation is, is making it regarding understanding who he is turning over the keys to the lord and that's what held me from truly getting saved for years folks for years until i came to that that decision time do i want what i want or do i want what the lord has for me and for years, I was always saying, no, this is what I want. Yeah, I want Jesus, but this is what I want. No, 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 no. I couldn't actually be saved that whole time because I wasn't really will willing to repent. I remember the night that I repented. I didn't know theological terms, but you know what happened? I came to the place to where I said, God, whatever this is that I'm hanging on to, it's not, it's not important is what I want from you. God, I'm willing. If you, if you say forsake it, I'll forsake it no matter what it is. And, and you know what? I didn't have a clue as to what was right, what was wrong, what was, what was holy, what was unholy. All I knew was the things that I was holding on to dear life, I had to let go and say, God, I want that more than I want whatever my life is. That's repentance. Folks, when we come to the word of God, we, we must be careful to count the cost. Understand, you know what? Words are cheap. Those cheap words that the people in Jeremiah's day, they offered, uh, 
until they took inventory of what this really would cost is where the problem was. <clears throat> Count the cost. Number two, decide to trust. Decide if you really want to follow God, even before you open the book, before you find out what his will is, before you ask him, God, make it clear, make a decision to trust God. Just decide to trust him. You know, the, the problem in Jeremiah 42, uh, you know, they didn't want to stay because they were really afraid of the enemies. And, you know, it all came down to they did not know for sure that God was able to, to protect them with all the enemies around. And, and truly, they had, a, they had a good argument. But you know what God said? Don't worry about it. I got this. But they had to put their trust in God. They had to trust God. Is that simple or is that simple? When you open the word of God, when you go to him for instruction, before you hear his word, you better decide to trust God. Because he's able. Folks, he's able. I'm telling you, it's not just a Bible doctrine, a truth in the word of God about this God that we serve. It's, it's I found out to be true in my life over some 74 to, now, I don't know, 40-something years, 50 years, whatever it is. Listen, God has been good to me. And I'm going to tell you, he's able. Decide to trust him. Just before, before you ask and, and you want him to disclose anything, whatever he says, decide to trust him. Number one, count the cost. Number two, decide to trust. Number three, humble yourself to follow him. Isn't that what they said in, in Jeremiah 43, verse number two? Then spake these guys that asked at the first, Azariah and the son of Hoshei and jo Johanan and the son of Korea, and all the proud men saying unto Jeremiah, thou speakest falsely, they're proud men. Proud men. Folks, you, you, you know what? You know what following through takes? It takes humility. It takes admitting. Admitting that what I got is not good enough. It's not going to do it. It's not the best. What God has is the best. And so you got you to first come to him knowing that, that uh, by faith he's able, but then you have to humble yourself to follow him. Giving up your will for God's will. His mind, not ours. His will, not ours. Folks, the way we think is, is contrary. And I'm just telling you that because it's a truth in the word of God. Well, however you think, it's contrary to the way God thinks. That's what the Bible says. Isaiah 55, verse number 8. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So before you open the book, prepare yourself to be challenged. Because it's probably not going to be the way you thought, the way you want to go. It's going to be different. You know, here's, <laughs> who was it? Uh, uh, Naaman the Syrian comes to be healed. And God was just going to humble him. You remember, he's, he was going to humble him, the dip seven times and all this. And he, he went away in the rage. He said, well, I thought, I thought the man of God was going to come out. And I thought he was going to, you know, uh, uh, call fire out from heaven and... Heal the, the problem. But he asked me to go in, and this is so huge. You know what the problem was? I thought. Now listen, folks, it's what you think and what I think that's probably not going to be God's way. 
But you better decide before you open up the book, whatever it is, you better prepare to humble yourself to follow. Prepare yourself to be challenged. It'll probably be not what you think, not your ways. It's, it's different. Folks, this is a stern warning for us to not fall in the same trap that these folks did and, and where they went wrong. It's not what you say. It's what you do. It's the, the, the final outcome, the commitment. Every head bowed, nobody looked for just a moment.